people will naturally just drift to the budget, the debt, the, the super obvious things. That's actually not what's the most helpful. Because you'll start to understand things about how you manage money just from that. Getting to know your spouse on this deeper level through the lens of money so that you can support them better. Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. We're Rebecca and Dylan, husband and wife and financial coaches for married couples. Do you and your spouse want to reach financial freedom and start building wealth, but you're not sure where to start? Have you tried to budget and pay off debt, yet you struggle to see your net worth actually increase? Rad Money is the finance podcast that helps millennial married couples get on the same page about one of the toughest topics they will face in their marriage. Our goal is to help you and your spouse work together to reach your financial goals and strengthen your marriage along the way. Welcome to this episode of the Rad Money Podcast. Today, we are talking about four conversations that every couple needs to have about money. These are high impact conversations that are gonna give you so much insight into your spouse's psyche and how they think about money and what they really value. Before we start, wanted to take a moment to read another review from a client of ours, Tiff and Mike. They left us a five-star review on Google, and here's what Tiff had to say. My husband and I signed up for their services to get a big picture game plan together of our life for retirement and beyond. I had no idea a service like this existed. So different than the financial planners that constantly call to solicit their services. (laughs) Rebecca has been a phenomenal coach to work with. After working with her for four months, we have much more clarity on our goals and how to accomplish them. I feel less anxiety about our future and feel like I better understand money and wealth building. I am so grateful we found R&D. Thanks so much for that five-star review, Tiff. Yeah, that's a great one. It was so wonderful to work with you and Mike. And if you're listening, we just really want you to know that we appreciate you and all of those kind words. Yeah, I think it's really cool. The work that we do, we really build such a tight relationship with the people we work with. They become friends, especially the clients who I work with even longer. Mm -hmm. And... I have clients that worked with me for, you know, two plus years. Yeah. I, I tell people it's like we're on a team together. You yeah. know, I'm I'm part of your team now. Just hear those reviews. The past few reviews we've read have been your clients, but I just think back on mine and just so much fun to work with people, see how the clarity makes their life so much easier. And you're just like, I like you're helping them problem solve and make their lives so much smoother and you know, they're the one doing the work, but it feels so good to help them make that happen. Yeah. I, I just love what we do. It's it's fantastic. And it really is so cool to help them get those tangible results and to really feel like you're, you're just watching this person who's become your friend win. Yeah. And do what they wanted to do. I get so stoked. Right. People live such cool lives. They and do so, just to so hear, many different like, things. What happens when the money gets situated yeah. and they're able to just do the things that they want to do. Yeah, it's really amazing. So with that, let's just dive right into today's topic about four money conversations that you need to have with your spouse. And, and we mentioned that not only will you get to know your spouse better, but a lot of times we haven't even thought about these questions for ourselves. So this is a great way to know yourself better. That's such a great point. Yeah, you know, like absolutely. these are deep questions that are really going to get to the root of money at the core of your life. And it's going to really help you understand yourself and your spouse, which is going to improve communications, improve understanding the way that you act with each other. These are going to, these are very powerful conversation starters. They are, but you're totally right. These are questions that you've probably never asked yourself, never answered for yourself. And you need to. They're very revealing. They're so revealing. And while we talked a lot on this podcast about the importance of talking about money, even a lot of how to talk about money without turning into a fight, we'll link all the related communication podcast episodes in the show notes. That's a great idea. But it's you still end up, even if you say like, okay, I get the how to, be open, be honest, you know, all these sorts of things. Okay, but still, what do I talk about? 
Right. What are the things, like, what are we actually talking about? Because I think people will naturally just drift to the budget and what they're spending, what they're making, and or the debt. These are the super obvious things. But that's actually not what's the most helpful. Yeah. I mean, there's the day-to-day conversations you need to have about money. But then to understand the actions that you're taking, it's going to go a step further. The conversation just can't be like, we spent $600 on groceries this month. Boy, inflation is pretty high. Like you got it. Got to go a little bit more. You got to go a little deeper than or that. There are big, yeah, there are bigger conversations outside of the numbers, outside yep. of the spreadsheets. That's what we're really going to be talking about today are four high impact conversations that you can have. So this is the what to talk about that you're, I think you're going to really find this super helpful. Yeah, this is a money date. Yeah, start a pot of tea, pour a glass of wine, whatever. And just set the intention of having these conversations. It's time to get financially intimate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like we're, that's really what you're going to be working on. And it's really, really important. And these are the conversations that that is what we talk about. And that's what we mean mm-hmm. by a financial intimacy. It's getting to know your spouse more on a on this deeper level through the lens of money, but so that you can be there for them better so that you can support them better so that you understand just why they want to do what they want to do when it comes to building your strategy as a team. That's critical. But when you do this, we highly recommend that you don't just discuss it. Don't just treat this like, you know, the table topics game, which yes, we're huge fans of, but this isn't just like the off the cuff conversation. This is something that we actually recommend you view this as more like a written exercise. Yeah, this is something that we've done throughout our relationship. And really, this is all from Rebecca. When we first started dating, Rebecca would say like, let's ask each other questions, but let's write down the answer first and then we can discuss it. And what I really loved about this is it was an opportunity to really think through the answer. I didn't have to have an answer on the spot for every question that Rebecca had, but I got to sit down, think about it, write it down, and then I got to talk it out. I really got to process my thought through the activity and then refine it even more every time I thought. So I thought about it, I wrote about it, and then I spoke it. So I really put some intentional work into each one of these questions. Yeah. And I think it's really great for men. So wives, if you're listening to this, this is a great exercise to do with your husbands because they're not external processors like we are. They don't just speak their thoughts as clearly as we do. They process more internally. Taking this sort of approach is way more palatable for them, giving them just more time. And then it also slows you down to answer the question for yourself. So you're not just like, are you listening to me? (laughs) Which I get like that all the time. Like, it's just it's very frustrating just because I process quicker. I process out loud. He process, he takes his time and he processes internally. Right. Yeah. I don't tell Rebecca that I'm thinking, but when there's silence, I'm thinking. Yeah. And I just get stressed out. Right. And I know a lot of people can relate to that in their relationship. And so doing it this way helps you meet each other in the middle. That's right. You get to have the conversations that you want to have without feeling like you're there's all this pressure without potentially triggering each other. I mean, this works outside of just money. I mean, we've had like really big life conversations that could be very stressful and could start an argument. We have them this way instead so that we have that ability to take our time, think about our answers and not say anything that we don't mean. Yes. So that's really critical. So before you jump into this money date, grab a pen, grab a a journal, grab a notebook, whatever, and treat this as a writing exercise that you're then going to share your thoughts with your spouse. With that, we'll walk you through these four different conversations you need to have with your spouse and talk a little bit why these are so powerful and helpful for your relationship. The first conversation that you should have with your spouse is what is your biggest money-related fear? Yeah, so the reason why this question is so important is because a lot of financial decisions that you make are based in fear. 
with everybody that I've coached, there are so many fears to work through. I definitely, I see this a lot when it comes to like insurance. We let a lot of anxiety drive our decision making in how we use our money. I think insurance is a great example of how financial decisions are based out of fear. Like we buy insurance for the just in case because we fear something might happen. Yes. So that's where it tends to come up a lot. But by having this understanding of knowing like what is your spouse's biggest money related fear, what this is really going to help you understand is where are their anxieties? What are they most worried about? What are the things that they're trying to plan and prepare for not happening? You know, do they view having more insurance as a way that they're edging their bets against their biggest fear? Is it saving more money? Is it making more money? Getting a full understanding of what their biggest concern is can help you be an ally in helping them work through how to avoid it. Yeah. I, well, so a great example would just be me. Like one of my biggest financial fears is not being able to provide for us. And so that leads to a lot of the decisions and actions that I take. Yeah. Waking up early, putting in extra hours into the business, making sure that I'm doing everything possible to make sure that we keep pushing forward because in entrepreneurship, there's a lot of ifs and maybes and what ifs. And you, there's, you know, it's not as consistent as a nine to five W2. Yeah. And so there's a lot that goes into, for me, thinking about, okay, are we going to be able to make enough money to provide for the life that we want to live? And so that's really important to me. And so that then dictates the actions that I'm going to take. Yeah. And as your spouse, it's really helpful for me to know because I want to understand and support you doing those extra tasks that help you avoid that biggest fear. Yeah. So that's how this conversation can be very impactful. The next conversation that you're going to want to discuss is a complete this sentence exercise. So you're going to complete the sentence, I would have confidence in our finances if. And fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. I like this one because it's the reverse side of the coin of the first conversation. So we talked about fears, uh -huh. But then what would make me not have fear? What gives me confidence? So this is a great one to, to follow up that first conversation because we've kind of gotten to a spot where we're talking about things we don't like, but then we can talk about the thing that would fix that. So yes. we're, it's actually the solution to the problem or the fear that we're talking about. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're probably very, very closely related yeah. there. Yeah. And so it'll look different for everybody, but this conversation is going to help you identify your priority. Yep. This is likely going to show up as something that is needs to be on the top of your priority list, you know, and obviously there's two of you, so you'll, you know, you'll discuss it, see who feels the most passionate about it, et cetera. You'll have the, you know, figure it out. But that's what this will probably reveal for you is not only is it the solution to that biggest fear or the way that you avoid realizing that biggest fear, but it's also going to help you recognize what are your biggest priorities. Yeah. Well, I want to feel like I can actually afford to do the things that I want to do. I want to actually have that emergency savings. That would make me feel great. You know, that's a huge milestone for so many people. And so by recognizing just whatever that is for you and for your spouse, you're able to identify, okay, not only is the financial advice that I need an emergency fund, but that holds a huge psychological impact for my spouse. So yeah, we should really get on that. Right. Well, and then I get to understand you better. And so then my actions are going to be different. If I don't know what's going to make you feel confident with the finances, then I might be taking actions unintentionally to make you feel less confident. And that feel like I'm moving closer to that biggest fear. Exactly. So I'm, I'm actually driving you closer to your fear 
without even knowing it. Now yeah. I understand what your needs are, what your fear is, what your goal is, and we can work together towards that. And it really brings us tighter together and it helps us avoid conflict, which is great for the relationship. Yeah. Okay. The third thing that you are going to want to talk about is related kind of to your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And the question is, What's one thing that you are not willing to sacrifice as you are working towards your financial goals? What is one thing that is just, it's a non-negotiable. You're not willing to cut that out of the budget or you're not willing to skip this step. Identify what that is so that, again, your spouse isn't going to go against that and it just causes problems. Yeah, I like this too because it gives you the opportunity to be yourself. Right. Like when we get into a relationship, there's so much of us coming together, being one, prioritizing the relationship. But you should have the opportunity to be you like your spouse married you, loves you because of you, who you are. The goal is not to control you. The goal is to help you flourish and be an awesome individual. And so this is an opportunity for you to keep that sense of self. You know, there's a lot of things in a relationship where we're going to we might give up some parts of ourselves. But here we're saying like, hey, if there's one thing I really think is important, it's this. I think that's a really good point. But what's a good example to help listeners kind of understand what you mean by this being a way to maintain your individuality and have what you need as an individual? Yeah, we might be looking at this conversation from two different lenses. So. Totally, which is helpful, I think. Yeah. So the way I was thinking about it is like, let's say I like to get a haircut every month to look good. And haircuts are expensive. And so, you know, I could go two or three months without getting a haircut and that would be fine. But I like to keep my hair looking really good. So that's something that I do every month and it's an added expense. But you know what? That's one thing that makes me feel really good. And so that's just a non-negotiable for me. Yeah. And it's totally personal, right? Because I'm not impacted by that. And I don't need to get my hair cut that much. I I genuinely do not get my hair cut that often. So yeah, that's really important to yeah have the sorts of communications. The examples that I had come up for me, well, first and foremost, this is something that is definitely more important when you need to be really aggressive towards your goals. If you have financial goals that you're trying to reach and you've been failing, then you have to sacrifice things. Of course. So this conversation is saying, There are things that we have to sacrifice. What are you not willing to sacrifice, right? So it's setting kind of some boundaries and things like that. But the examples that I thought of were date night. Yeah. And so it wasn't about the individual thing, but it was about the fact that the relationship is my priority. Sure. Quality time is my priority. Sure. So date night has to stay in the budget. So two different, slightly different angles, but I really like your point about it potentially being something that's just for you. Or something that is just is for the spouse, but this is just what you discuss of it, it doesn't matter. There's no right answer. It's just what is most important to you. Exactly. I, uh, I remember you mentioning before that in not getting the employer match when we were paying off debt yeah. was a non-negotiable for you. So, I mean, there's so many ways to look at this. It could be a personal thing. It could be an investment thing. There are plenty of ways to look at it, but it's just good to know what, what your spouse values. Yeah. And then I think where a lot of people will really struggle, though, is that they want to save everything. They right. don't want to sacrifice anything. I want to keep my my monthly massage, even though I don't have two quarters to run to get, rub together at the end of the month, but I still want to be financially free. Okay, that's not going to work. <laughs> you know, so you can't save everything. You have to say, you know, what are two things that you personally don't sacrifice, but also recognize that that's actually four things because there's two of you. Exactly. So you just can't save everything. And, and always remember in your financial journey, there are seasons. Yeah. There are going to be times where, you might need to cut down really lean and trim and you might sacrifice a lot, but you know, the thing that you really love, you want it, but you just won't have it as much. But 
You're doing that so that you can get through the stage of paying off the debt, having the emergency fund, and having way more cash flow Yeah. to do whatever you want. And then you get to do the thing that you had to sacrifice more. Right, yeah. We moved to a cheaper house. We made big sacrifices in one place so that we could have upgrades in others Correct. while also reaching our goals. But this is just a really helpful one to help you guys get on the same page. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the last conversation that we're going to recommend that you have is about how money was managed in your household when you were a kid? Such a good question. Such a good question. This is a great question to ask your spouse because it helps you understand where they're coming from. It laid the blueprint for the way that they see everything. This is going to be their point of reference for everything that they do. Either they're repeating a pattern or they're trying to do the exact opposite of it. But how money was managed in their house when they were a kid, it taught them not only how to use money, how to think about money, and built their habits there, but also how is money dealt with within a relationship? So how did your parents talk to each other about money? Or was it a hush-hush issue? Was it always a point of conflict? So maybe you avoid it because it was always what you saw your parents fight about it all the time. Like this can just be such an insightful question to learn uh, about what your spouse grew up with. Yeah, it's very eye-opening to just discuss even for yourself Yeah, what, what happened in your house because you'll start to understand things about how you manage money just from that. I What I like about the activity of looking back at how money was managed as a kid is it helps you recognize and identify potential bad money mindsets. Definitely. I mean, and, and this is so cool too, because as I just walk through life thinking about how I use money all the time, I will all of a sudden realize, oh, I learned that from my mom. Not even meaning to, right? Like, but it's just something that I just picked up. Yeah. The way that I grocery shop. Yeah. Oh, I learned that from my mom. The way that I I know how to value shop and I know how to do all these different things. You're constantly seeing these things that you picked up from your family, whether you realize it or not. Totally. And it's influencing and informing everything that you do today. Yes. I, I know, let me follow that up because I think there's such a bad trend right now. And maybe this is just normal. Blaming your parents for all the problems that you it's have. It's been a trend you know, like, for a while. Yeah. yeah so I, I like I said, you can f- identify bad money habits, but you just you immediately said, well, my mom taught me how to be a value shopper. Like your parents can teach you so many good things about money, too. So look yeah. for the good things that you learned. Thank you for saying that. And I wanted to follow that up and not just say, oh, our parents mess us up. They don't just get over that. They're doing the best that they could. And then like, just say, all right, what can I learn from this? Well, I think a lot of people think that that's giving your parents a pass uh, to say they did the best that they could. Maybe they genuinely didn't. A lot of people are really selfish. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But the point is, is that they just aren't all bad. And there are definitely lessons to be learned that are positive. I've got a very complicated relationship with my parents, but it doesn't mean that they didn't teach me how to save from a extremely young age with a chores chart where I made money, could lose money for poor behavior, had a piggy bank, had to tithe part of it and all that stuff like from the such a young age, you know, did I learn tax strategies? Did I learn how to, <laughs> you know, did I have to pay for school out of my own pocket? Absolutely. But there were some principles that they laid down for me starting at a very young age. So yeah, it's just like, wasn't all bad. There's good things that you can still glean from it. But the point is, is that it all informed how I behave today. Yeah. I'm refining this thought as we're going along here, but essentially looking at the past is helpful to understand the good and the bad that you pick up, but it doesn't serve you to blame your parents. That's really where I'm going with it is it doesn't help you become a better person. Yeah. And that's not the point of this exercise. No, it's not. It's just to say, how was it managed? We're not, it's judge-free actually. It's entirely judge-free. It should be. It's just, how was it managed? Let's observe that. Don't judge it. It's just for information's sake. And just to say, am I repeating that? 
Am I fighting tooth and nail to do the opposite of that? And instead of saying if it's good or bad, think of it more as is this moving me closer to or further away from my goal? Do I like that or not? So it's good for you as a self-activity. It's good for you as an activity to do with your spouse so that you can understand what maybe they're either trying to overcome or what they're trying to mirror. It's just all helpful. Yeah, this question in particular is really the foundation of where all your money mindset starts from. So this is a great question to be asking your spouse. That's a good point. It's really getting to the root. Yeah, absolutely. So to make it easy for you, here are the four questions that you should be asking your spouse. One, what is your biggest money-related fear? Two, complete the sentence. I would have more confidence in our finances if fill in the blank. Three, what's one thing you are not willing to sacrifice? And four, how is money managed when you were a kid? So those are the four conversations you should have with your spouse, but they're only the start. And the next step is to start to take action, which can be more complicated. So if you and your spouse want to build wealth, but you're tired of DIYing it and not making any progress, book a free call and learn how we can help you get results like Tiff and Mike. In just 90 days, you'll be saving more, paying off debt, putting more towards investments, whatever your goal is, whatever specifically you want to work on, you will be closer to that goal at the end of 90 days and you'll be on track to get there even faster. Yeah, we would love for you to add to our five-star reviews after we help you reach your goals because it's our favorite thing to do. But that's all we have for this episode. And until next time, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Dylan. And and we're we're Rad Coaches. Coaches.